0: Welcome to Intention, an audio podcast focused on transforming the future of work. I'm your host, Dr. Susan Gray, purposely introducing reflective questions that hold us in a state of tension to explore timeless work, life, and leadership contradictions. Join me each week as we grapple with our collective leadership responsibility to ignite a new, intentional way of human well-being in our workplaces. Leadership has always been an interesting aspect of my life. It's where I've often found myself in a state of tension about what this word means to me and the people around me. And I think it's such a complex concept to define. And we've researched and we've studied and documented leadership's evolutionary story over the years, the decades of human existence. If you think about it, At times, it's been this privilege, almost gifted from above, right? You think about royal bloodlines that are passing rulership down through the generations. And at other times, it could be awarded, maybe rewarded (laughs) for loyalty, for friendship, maybe even love. Think about it in the concept of today. We've made it largely workplace-focused, oriented around decision-making, or performance management. But it's also embedded in our everyday personal lives. Uh, I see it in our family dynamics, whether someone is stepping up to determine medical interventions for a loved one or securing housing for the family, food, education, or even something as simple as planning the next guy's trip or family reunion. But at the core, it always seems to involve a level of influence, doesn't it? Or maybe it's, um, maybe it's power to influence. It has this, it's, it's equally holding the potential for fear of retribution, whether it's through punishment or loss, as it holds the potential for inspiration through positive action or change. So maybe it's just choice. I don't know. Or maybe uh, this word agency, because it has an implicit and explicit effect on action. When I sit in tension with this concept... I find myself reflecting on just who, maybe what leadership exists for. Is it for the people? Is it for collective progress? Is it for me, for you? Is the very notion of leadership selfish? Is it just another system of privilege? Yeah, who and what is leadership for? What I've never liked, and I've always struggled with, is when leadership, you hear folks say this all the time, it's a people thing, it's defined through followership. What does that mean? Some of these people apparently get to lead and some of these people are built to follow. Over the years, I, I think I've worked really hard to consciously align myself with a professional purpose that challenges that notion of leadership debunking trait-based approaches to leadership development or highlighting uh, the opportunity for leadership as action, regardless of the person, the title, or the position. But here I am in 2023, still working in organizational leadership in an environment where we seem to still sustain leadership through what might be one of the most divisive and disclusive lens of humanity in the workplace perpetuating and sustaining a forever um, us versus them mindset. And I find myself wondering, is this the time when we will finally rethink, restructure, maybe even revolutionize leadership? As an organizational leadership consultant for the past 30 years of my life, uh, I've worked alongside many, many Fortune 500s and their leaders. We've had you think about first-line leadership development, middle management, talent acceleration um, programs, high-potential discovery and development, leaders of other leaders, uh, global leaders, executive C-suites. You think about the industries um, that have been in pharma, manufacturing, tech, biotech, uh, Wall Street, transportation, the food industry, uh, insurance, blah, 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 it could go on, but I can tell you that today, One of the most requested skill topics we get asked for is to help build empathetic or compassionate leadership. You've heard this, right? We're all burned out. We're all struggling. The pandemic was hard. Many people are still physically, mentally, or emotionally healing. And we're still in the throes of figuring out, am I in person or remote? How many days do I need to be in person? Uh, who's virtual in this meeting, who's who's here in the office with me. Uh, we're figuring out our child care needs and our mental wellness needs, equity and inclusion practices. And we get asked all the time, daily, how can you help our leaders to be more empathetic to this new workplace, this new reality and all the dynamics that their people are going through. And often, this is followed by Uh, or follows requests for uh, agile leadership, critical thinking, uh, adaptive problem-solving, what else, negotiation, conflict management, uh, influencing without authority, inclusive leadership, Um, can you help us be more innovative or unleash our creativity? Whatever is going to help leverage a talent in the organization better, right, to help them pivot faster, help them anticipate more accurately, So they can get back to the business of doing purposeful doing sure connected doing empathetically doing but still doing and doing it faster than anybody else is doing because well we we have to catch up we've had a global pandemic and so here we are still defining leadership through traits. Albeit maybe nicer traits, more human traits, maybe, focused on kindness. You think about understanding or compassion or encouraging, um, mentoring, connecting, listening. These all sound so much more humane than maybe they were in past years for leadership development, don't they? Maybe this is, you know, especially designed to fit this new era of perceived danger or disconnection and disorder. But here we are still focused on action, doing more. And we like being in action, right? Action means we're productive, we're moving forward, we're making progress. And we're checking that list off. But has anything really changed? We're still trying to define leadership. We're still trying to wrap our hands around who has it, who's earned it, who gets to develop it, who's voted in for it, who's rewarded for it, and ultimately who applies it in our decision-making, our practices, our policies, uh, our laws, structures. How about timelines, compensation, who culture? Who and what is leadership for? Is it just for me or for you? Is it for us? And if it's for us, is it by us? If leadership is not for the people but by the people, is it time to rethink and to restructure maybe even revolutionize the power and the authority structures that keep us locked into, I would describe as an outdated system of choice and decision-making and action-taking. If so i myself wondering, how do we move from a state of doing into a new way of being? We, how do we move into a new way of being? Not some of us, but all of us. And it begs the question for me, what is a leadership collective? Oh, let me change that. Who is collective leadership? What would the system look like? What beliefs might we need to disrupt or transform to live into a new way of being leaders, but together? Yeah, is the very notion of leadership uh, selfish? And is it time for it to be collectivish? What if we decided to redefine leadership, not as a title or a role, not by its followership or influence, not even by its action, but by responsibility and accountability for the future of humanity? Too big? Or maybe too soon? Let me take a step back. I have three children. Our eldest, Gabby, has her undergraduate degree in biology and linguistics. She's now doing her graduate degree in environmental studies. Let's invite her into this conversation to introduce a perspective that I've been contemplating. Hang on.
1: Hello. Hey, Gab. Hi. How are you, Mama?
0: I am good, baby. You know, I'm doing this podcast on the future of work, yeah, and our collective leadership as a pathway to to change. Yes, I do. How's
1: it going?
0: Of course, she knows. I've only been talking about this for weeks, and while everybody's daily experiences, there are fresh pickings for my contemplation. So, after a few more pleasantries and her reminding me that she has a life outside of mine, I convinced her to share a little bit about her research with us.
1: Currently, researching the linkage between language and ecology. So, more specifically, how our languages and how we communicate impacts our conservation approaches and the behaviors that we take surrounding
0: um, conservation. Having studied linguistics and biology, Gabby brings a unique perspective to the world of environmental studies, researching how the ways in which we talk and communicate impact our behavior and the action we take. And she gets me thinking about the links between language and leadership and the power of language. Many of you listening will be familiar with the name Peter Block, author of Flawless Consulting. It was one of the books I taught from as a college professor during some of my earlier org leadership classes. But Block has another book out uh, called Community, The Structure of Belonging. And I think it came, back, uh, came out in 2008, maybe 2009. But in this book, he talks about change and shifting conversations from being problem-oriented to possibility-oriented and bringing people together who might not usually come together to have a conversation to explore what commitment looks like uh, towards creating a distinctively different future. And in this book, he references Werner Erhard, uh, an American author and lecturer and the creator of transformational models and applications. He talks about individual and organizational and social transformation. Werner's work talks about the power of language, and he asserts that all transformation is linguistic. So I asked Gabby what she thought about Bloch and Erhard's perspectives.
1: Absolutely. I think language is really like the pillar of our communication as a, as a species, how we communicate with others, how we understand things. So I think it's vital, like understanding language is vital to every experience we have. Um, and it, it impacts us on such a large scale.
0: I think maybe Bloch might agree with Gabby because he says if we have any desire to create an alternative future, it is going to happen only through a shift in our language. And if we want a change in our culture, the work is to change a conversation or more precisely to have a conversation that we have not had before that forces us to question the values of our narratives and the beliefs we hold and the action we take. I asked Gabby to expand a little bit more about her research and maybe what she's seeing around how communities use language to preserve culturalisms.
1: I specifically am looking at how um, different communities and local peoples, so like indigenous peoples and and, and, and just people in general, use language to convey meaning about their environment. there are some terms in, in the environment field, like traditional ecological knowledge or indigenous and local knowledge, um, which refers to like the knowledge and language that's passed down generation from generation, that conveys different information and meaning about these people's environments.
0: Now, this idea of culture being passed down in indigenous communities Uh, sustained largely through informal conversation could be an especially interesting one for us to explore in organizational leadership, right? We know that culture in our organizations, culture is built on the stories that shape and sustain the way we do things around here, yeah? And the stories that are told either to our work selves or to each other or that we share with our leaders or hear from our leaders, well, these stories have the power to either continuously preserve the organization's culture as it is, or transform it into a new future. And these stories are influenced by what is seen, what's heard, what's experienced in the workplace. And the meaning we give these stories through a very subjective, uh, very personal lens. And that lens blends across both professional and personal needs that we have. When I asked Gabby to think about any adjacencies we could take from the leading research and conservation efforts and apply it to our collective leadership approach for organizational life, this is what she had to say.
1: The environmental field on a larger scale is trying to accomplish is how to integrate different communities' knowledge surrounding the environment. and. Um, how can social processes and systems be integrated with ecological processes and systems instead of kept separate from one another? Because that would give us a, a much more holistic understanding of how we can go about implementing change.
0: I'm grateful for this conversation with Gabby and the opportunity to explore a different industry and how they're approaching the future of our world. This idea of integrating different communities, this idea of being curious about adjacent or maybe even competing communities, might actually be quite useful for us to think about uh, on the leadership front and the future of our workplaces. And it becomes really critical for us to look across and outside of ourselves, as Gabby has talked about, in a world that's uh, increasingly uncertain and ambiguous. And thinking about the impact of language and the power it holds, especially in leadership, to preserve or transform what we call culture, well, that opens up opportunities for us to be in conversation with people who may have vastly different perspectives than we do. And if leadership is not selfish, and it's not here to preserve a particular status quo, nor to divide, nor to suppress collective growth, then could its purpose be one of stewarding disruption and igniting positive transformation, maybe through continuous learning and continuous listening, for continuous change. In our next conversation, I will continue to explore this idea of transformative leadership, and I'll invite some of my colleagues in this industry in to join us. Um, perhaps you might like to have a different kind of conversation with me, and you can always find me on LinkedIn. But for now, I want to thank you for joining me this week in Tension.